podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how are you doing today? Good morning, Niners fans. I am well. I am well. Yeah. Another uh, another tough, tough loss last night in a game where felt like the 49ers kept it closer than they should have, really hung in there. And just weren't able to land the plane. And so that's those are the worst because these past couple weeks, it's felt like we could win and we just didn't. I'd much rather get blown out. Mm. But I think we saw some exciting things. There's a lot to talk about. So excited to dive into that with you today. Yeah, it definitely has that feel. Um, you know, it's a third loss in a row. And that's also yeah. the time we put up a, a tough team three weeks in a row. And Week three was the Packers. That was tough. And that was one of those where I think both sides of the ball just struggled um, on our team and theirs. I think it was just, it was kind of a, a poor, a poor game between both teams. Um, yeah. You know, but we, we weren't that excited when we woke up the next morning with how we felt the game went. And then same thing um, the next week where it was a much better played game, um, but still came away with a loss and, Probably felt a little bit better, but looking at the the stats and the score and our record now, it's definitely a kind of a somber feeling. And we did not expect the Niners to be at this record. We they have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, and yes, the the Packers and the Cardinals. The Cardinals were not expected to be this good in my mind at all, and I think the majority of people did not expect them to be five and zero. Yeah. So I think make the schedule tougher. I think what's tough with this game and we'll, we'll dive into all of it is if you had told me before the game that we'd hold the Cardinals to 17 points, that would have been, I would have said, that's amazing. How much did we win by like with the way the Cardinals offense had been running, it had been going, holding them to 17 points is a feat. And so it's a bummer that we weren't able to capitalize on that with a win. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say something on that just a little bit later. And yeah, you made a good point about the Cardinals only getting 17 points. Um, and that's, that's a solid offense right now. So let's get into the little bit of news that we have. Um, we have sad news that Robbie Gould is on IR and he will be out. I haven't really seen a true timetable for his injury. I think it'll be kind of the IR minimum. I don't see him being out for uh, yeah. a very lengthy amount of time. Timmy, I don't know if you've seen anything on the length of Robbie Gold's injury. No, same as you. I think I think it seems kind of all up in the air. It sounded like about three weeks, but that is a bummer to not have, not have Robbie Gold out there. But the 49ers did respond well, I think. Uh, this week, yeah. As much as we love... Mitch Wisniewski, Mitch Wisniewski. Um, Chris Collinsworth called him Mitch Wisniewski, so just roll with that. Well, that, that's just what it was in my head, and so I had that I had that there still. Um, so because Robbie Gold is on IR, we signed former Carolina Panthers kicker Joey Sly. He wasn't even given much opportunity on 
Sunday yesterday. I believe he had one extra point and one field goal. It was so, a decently large field goal, though, that he hit. It wasn't a yeah, gimme. It wasn't a gimme. And if you watch the Packers game, nothing is gimmies. So. No. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. Don't even get me started on that. That's fun. Um, Elijah Mitchell and Trent Williams were – well, Elijah Mitchell's been out for a little bit, and Trent Williams was banged up last week, but they both were healthy. They both started. But sadly, our main man, George Kittle, is on IR. He yeah. Be there for what seems to be the three-week minimum. Yeah, three-game minimum, I think. Yeah. I was optimistic that three weeks maybe included the bye week, but I looked into it more, and it's actually just it, – it is three games that he'll have to miss. Yeah, the, the bye week does not factor into that. Um, I, as well, was kind of hoping that was the thing. Um, yeah. So we are going to be without George Kittle for three weeks, and we'll talk a little bit in just a minute about kind of some of these injuries with Jimmy Garoppolo missing just a week. It sounds like he could be healthy. It sounds like he could have even – he was close to being healthy for this Sunday. So I'm assuming if he was almost ready to go this Sunday, he will be ready to go against the Colts. Jimmy? Um, in, yeah. yeah, in week seven. But obviously what we're going to discuss in a minute is, does it matter if he's ready to go? Is he yeah. going to be starting whether he's ready or not? Um, and, yeah, so that's – And I think the, the interesting question to that is we might think – like I'm not sure where we'll get to, but we might think he's starting. It matters if Kyle Shanahan thinks he should be starting. And Kyle Shanahan has been – pretty firm on that. He thinks Jimmy's the starter. There was a report out of NFL network that no matter what happened today, uh, yesterday, that Jimmy was going to be the starter again when he was healthy. Kyle Shanahan did say that that was, that was wrong. I think he basically said like, yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. So he did admit like there is an opportunity for Trey to play well enough to win the job, but Shanahan is certainly posturing and positioning himself to continue to have Jimmy as the starter when healthy. So that's, yeah. Yeah. And I also think that with this whole, I think, I mean, obviously people are going to talk. Obviously people are going to want to know what's going on in the situation and um, give their two cents and predict what's going to happen. But I think Kyle, the way that he speaks on it in his press conferences and the, the things he says, it seems like he hates that. Or at least he hates the idea that people might know what they're doing. And I think yeah. he wants to keep them guessing. He's like, no, like you may think that, Trey is going to be, you know, he started a game, so he's going to be the starter the rest of the season. He's like, no, yeah. he has to earn that. Just like we've seen Brandon Ayuk and Trey Sermon, who got one carry on Sunday, have yeah. to earn their way, earn their time. He, there's no reason he's not going to do the same thing with Trey. Yeah. Just, I don't think Kyle. But has Jimmy earned his time? Uh, in the first two weeks, he did. Yeah. No, you're probably right. But. That's the first two weeks. So I'm interested to see um, it was because it was Green Bay where he looked awful. I was yeah. not a fan of Jimmy. It just every ball was was way too above, way too high above every receiver. I already talked about that. I don't even want to get started on that again. Um, he definitely cleaned it up in week four. Seahawks looked better. Um, but I still saw a lot of that same problem where a lot of the balls were thrown way too high. Yeah, guys like George Kittle were still leaping to grab every single ball thrown to them. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll have to see on that. So Kittle is out. That's all I've got for the injuries. Um before we break down the game, we have seven inactives this time. One of them is obviously Jimmy Garoppolo. Jawan Jennings did not suit up yesterday. Kawan Williams is still nursing an injury. 
Yeah. Ambry Thomas. Again, I, I don't remember if he's injured or if he's a healthy scratch. I think he's a healthy scratch. He's been a healthy scratch before. So I think he probably still is. I agree. Um, I know he wasn't awesome in preseason or the, the first few weeks, but I would like to see him out there instead of Dante Johnson, I believe. So yeah, that's a, we'll, we'll get into that when we get to the secondary. Aaron Banks, yet again, out. New addition, Buster Scrine was a healthy scratch, and Zach Kerr is out as well. Yeah. So seven guys down. Timmy, take us through Trey Watch. Yeah. So uh, Trey was out there. I think – I thought he looked – he showed – again, and I said this last week, he showed why the 49ers drafted him. He is, he is a talent. He is gutsy, and he is not afraid – of playing on the NFL stage. I think if you, if you were wondering if he was afraid, I think just look at his fourth down conversion attempt on the goal line where he tried to bowl over three Arizona Cardinals at once. Um, that play also showed that he's new to the NFL. And I think mm-hmm. I was telling Daniel before that play to me felt like a, a welcome to the NFL rookie kind of play where he probably in college was used to being able to bowl guys over like that. And just in the NFL wasn't the same. I thought he could have dived. I thought there was an open guy he could have maybe dumped the ball off to. So I think there's there's decision making that needs to be made, some throws that could be better. I, I do not understand how so many passes got tipped. Like if one of the quarterbacks in this game was going to have a lot of passes tipped by D lineman, I would have expected it to be the one that's my height, not the one who's six foot four. So I'm, I'm curious and I don't know enough about football to know mechanically what Trey was doing that allowed for so many of his passes for guys to get hands on them. But clearly that's something he needs to work on. Cause I've never seen that, that raw number of passes um, tipped like that. I think, uh, definitely can tighten up the spiral a bit as well. Some of those balls were wobbly, but there were some plays that were that were perfect. There was a first down completion to Brandon Ayuk that was one of the nicest passes you'll ever see, where Brandon Ayuk was in ridiculously tight coverage. I think there was some definitely some holding going on, and Trey put it where only Ayuk could grab it, and Ayuk made the grab. And that was one of those throws where it's like, oh, like this guy has it like there's so much he needs to work on but he has it and he was scrambling and I mean you cannot say that he did not put his heart out on the field there was a play where he was literally dragging a Cardinals defender while he bear crawled forward because he thought he hadn't been down and I think um we got some nice clips of his mom looking terrified in the stands Uh, every time he got hit you're describing these plays and that's what's running through my brain is is his mom's face in her hands poor poor trades mom i think her name is angie angie if you ever want to come on the pod open invite um but that was that was a great i mean hard on his sleeve his teammates they gotta love seeing plays like that there's a lot to work on a lot to improve upon but but he's electric and i don't think he let us down i think i think a lot of things went went wrong in this game I think the 49ers could have won off of the performance that Trey gave so just to to hear those stats real quick he that was 16 rushing attempts for 89 rushing yards and then he had 29 passing attempts for 15 completions and two sacks for six yards one interception zero touchdowns rushing or passing and then there's one stat that I saw tweeted out last night that I would like to share real quick Daniel So the 49ers on Trey Lance has played 15 offensive drives so far this season. 
on 10 out of those 15 drives, he's gotten the ball into the opponent's territory. So two thirds of, of the yeah, 10 out of 15, two thirds of the time, he's getting the ball into the opponent's territory. And I mean, even today's like 92 yard drive that ended with that goal line stand. He, he delivered, he got them there and ultimately he failed to get the ball over the line. And I really think that was just a rookie mistake. I think in college that worked for him and in the NFL, it's not going to. And I think next time we'll probably dive for the pylon, but there's a lot to work on and he's going to need to work on it by playing. But I don't think he's the reason the 49ers lost today. And I, I thought he was electric and it was, it was really fun to see, but at the same time, I'm not sure he, if he's really only going to get this one week and Shanahan really is leaning towards bringing back Garoppolo. I'm not, I'm not sure he did enough to tip the scales on that. I don't know, Daniel, sorry. I talked for a really long time. What do you think? No, I, I appreciate uh, that insight. It's good to go through his stats. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm in that tough spot where, no, I don't, I don't blame him for yesterday's loss, but then I think, did he do enough to really push us over the edge? And yeah. I don't think so, but I think he he did plenty to keep us in the game. And I think what's really hard to make that – what's really hard for me for making that decision is not throwing or rushing for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, Debo Samuel got, I believe, a 13-yard rushing touchdown, was the only touchdown we got in the entire game. And I'm with you. I, I am impressed with his performance. And – we talked last week, you know, I was not happy with his second half at first you and I were texting and I was hot and heavy, really upset, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I kind of came back to reality and said, Oh, this is his actually first true real look into the NFL. Maybe that will help me understand my expectations. So as I was preparing for our, our time this morning, I just wrote down a couple of questions I had about Trey's performance and, the first one was, hey, what were we expecting for his first start? What were our expectations? Um, was your expectation a W no matter what? Or was your expectation for him to show those glimpses of some solid potential that he has shown this whole time? And we saw those glimpses. We saw that you already talked about it in the way that he scrambled, in the way that he does not just go down on first contact where he's like, great, you've got my leg. I'm going to try to make sure I get this first down. I'm going to fight for this first down. Yeah, I think he looked more comfortable even after just one week of first team reps and another game and, and that start. And there's something about knowing you're starting a game and having that time to mentally prepare. Like we've all played some sport, done something where having that information ahead of time helps you be at peace and find that zone um, mentally, which you translate on the field to your physical play. And him being thrown in at halftime last week was, was something else. He was not expecting to yeah. get any snaps at all, probably maybe go in there for a trick play or two, but then it's, Hey, boom, you're in there. Go have the, the most reps of your so far NFL career. Like that. And even in yeah. that game, he, he made a lot of the big plays that were asked of him in that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just think we need to go, we need to set our expectations first. You know, I tried to do that before the game. And so I was impressed with him. I think that the thing I would have liked to, to see from Trey not expected is, um, you know, I, I think he's going to mature into those guys where, you know, I'm going to throw out some big names like Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, 
or like when we played the Packers where it's Aaron Rodgers time and what was it? Yeah. 47 seconds on the clock was too much. Um, guys like that, where you, like, you know, those three guys and there's more where you're in trouble any week you play them. Um, and they're usually the guys who make anything happen. I know the chiefs are really struggling this year at two and three, but Pat Mahomes is still that guy who, when it's crunch time, like, you know, he's going to make something happen or at least get you pretty close. He's not going to be shut down. And so again, don't hear this crazy comparison where I'm I'm making, I'm trying to make a case for Trey Lance to, to be the next Patrick Mahomes, but in his ability, in his skill set, he has got a lot of the same things. And it just, as time goes on, I don't expect it this season because that is, that's just not enough time for him to get enough experience to be that guy who, when the offense yesterday was doing their job, but we needed someone to step up. We needed someone to do more than they're being asked of. And that starts with your quarterback. And Trey was absolutely trying. It just, it wasn't getting going. Um, Yeah. And I think, I mean, even like his offense did not put him in good situations a lot of the time. Um, There were a couple like third and longs that he managed to convert. And I'm, I know we'll dive into this, but the holding penalties. And I think, I think some of the responsibility for that does lie on Trey. When you can extend plays with your legs, it makes it offensive linemen have to figure out something to do. And that is going to lead to more holding penalties, but those were, that was bad. Um, Yeah. We'll, we'll dive into all that, but I was not super thrilled with our offensive line a lot of that game. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think that was potentially their worst game of the season. Um, You know, we only had five and, just because I'm saying that was the worst. They, they've been fantastic the other weeks and they've been healthy and out there. So yeah, that, that, that being their worst game of the, the season is not a, a huge detriment. I do think that was a factor into the game yesterday. And, you know, if they only got two sacks from them having a rough day, that's okay. But yeah, there's yeah. definitely too many penalties. So let's do it. Let's break down some of this game and yeah, talk about these guys. Where do you want to start? Want to start um, offense? Yeah, I'll start offense and the the thing, just listeners, if you didn't hear all about the game, if, if you didn't get to watch, let me just say that we had a very different offense out there. In years past, we are very used to seeing, um, I mean, I guess we're, we're also used to seeing Jimmy G not being under center, but 50-ish percent we're used to seeing Jimmy under center. So him not being there yesterday and Trey taking over, that's a, that's a new look. That's the first time we've seen Trey start. Um, yeah. We, we obviously had a lot of injuries last year, but I'm not going to pretend like that is the norm. Well, it feels like it right now, but in terms of how our offense looks, that's not usually the norm. So not having Kittle out there and then obviously not having Mostert or Wilson. We haven't had them all season other than the first week. Um, it's just not a lot of guys that we're, we're used to seeing out there. Not a lot of the guys where their jerseys are in the fan shop or out there. So we had a lot of depth stepping in and they're getting that opportunity. So, yeah, yeah. we talked about Trey and Trey spread the ball around a lot. And I believe no one had more than three receptions a piece. Yeah, I think you're correct. Debo was, um, Debo. He, had, he had 58 yards off of three receptions. So that's, that's yeah, great but average wise. He had two, re- two, maybe three really bad drops. Yeah, like a couple where happen. he should have caught them. That was not good. Yeah, so we're we're kind of used to seeing 
uh, at least in the few weeks. I keep saying used to when, you know, there's been five weeks and I don't think yeah. we're all going to be used to it. But Ayuk has been one of the, the the ones making those drops this season. I think that's part of why. I don't he, I don't think Ayuk had a drop. Not not last week. Not last. Yeah, not this game. But in the, in the weeks prior, I think uh, Ayuk or I think it was Ayuk was, was the guy who we're, we kept saying he's getting those drops. And so having your star guy um, this season, Debo, get those drops where if he again I don't want to play the what if what if game I said that last week but if he didn't have those two drops and out of that yardage and got us closer on some of those drives like who knows we were we were that in the game where one or two plays like that mattered yeah and And that's we we were in it this whole time those drops were bad Sanu had a bad drop and they were they were there were a couple that were like these were good balls from Trey. Like it wasn't that he was throwing a bad ball. Like he's had some that aren't the tightest spirals, and those the, those are harder to catch. But there were some that it's like, oh, he hit him in the hands. Totally. Those guys gotta grab, bring that down. And I get that Trey like Trey's got a cannon. Like that's something they're gonna have to work on. But yeah, Ayuk had one one-handed grab, whereas his other hand, his it was his big play. I think it was his yep. other hand was was gr- clearly just being held by the the Cardinals defender and he managed to snag the ball with one hand, break through free break two or three tackles. And then I think 10 yards got added on because uh, Chandler Jones decided to headbutt Mike McGlinchey, but yeah, we're not, we're not saying that we expect zero drops from our receivers. We get it. We understand they're going to happen, but it's in those crucial moments when it's crunch time and we need a play. We need that first down. We need that yardage and it's the drop and yeah. you're not even being touched, that's where it's – you are a professional wide receiver. If the it, ball hits you in is, the hands, you should come down with it. The ball hits you in the hands, and you're not – you know, I get coverage is right there, but you're not being touched uh, in that moment. You, you need to do it. And, you know, I've talked a little bit about Kendrick Bourne um, being a nightmare in my mind last couple of years where I swear when it's an easy catch, he just can't do it. And then when it's in those tough moments, he does it. So – I loved the clutch aspect to it, but when it's first and 10 and you can't catch a ball on a simple out route, that that's inexcusable in my mind. And um, I don't think there was any drops that were just as, as simple as a drop on an easy out route like that, but still more than we'd like. And, and, you know, you, your rookie quarterback is getting his first start. So you better be catching that ball to help him out and, and make stuff happen. Yeah. And those were, those were rough. Um, can we talk offensive line real fast? We can. I was not impressed with Tom- Lake and Tomlinson at all. I left tackle. I left guard. I did not think he had a particularly great game. There was one play that really made me mad because Chris – or not Chris Collins with Mark Sanchez. Also, get Mark Sanchez out of the booth. He was so bad. <laughs> Thank he you. was just not good. He was, like, circling things that weren't on the screen. He was like, – like, he was not just not good. Like, he was bad. I think I think he's gonna be a, a one and done in the in the the uh, Fox booth. I gotta be honest. I saw him there. And I was like, "Who is that?" And because I, I had him on like a side view or something. Yeah. And I saw him. I was like, "Who is that?" And then he faced, and I was like, "Butt fumble!" Yeah. <laughs> so I just what I yelled right away. Yeah. He let's get Philip Rivers in there instead of him. Like, there's so many guys who could do it. <laughs> Philip Rivers. Uh, there's so many guys that could be. When Ben Roethlisberger retires, like there's actually, I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger would be good in the booth, but Peyton Manning is going to someday come to the booth. 
I'm loving Drew Brees as an analyst. I think Drew Brees I'm is really loving good. when I get to see him. And yeah. and Peyton and Eli are awesome on the Manning cast. If either of them ever wanna wanna go into so the booth, so funny. They're really I don't want good. That to ever end. I think Phil Rivers would be really good if he ever if he ever steps up and wants to do it. Um, so yeah, those are gonna be. And anyway, Mark San. My our point is that we can do a lot better than Mark Sanchez, and we should. I think we owe that yeah. Fox. I think we owe that to the world to have a better better guy in the booth than Mark Sanchez. But anyway, there was this play where Mark Sanchez points out how Lakin Tomlinson, like, look at him, like, shake the blocker so he can run downfield and, like, block for Trey. Except he did not block. There were just three guys standing around him that he never touched. And then Trey got tackled by one of them. And so just, just stuff like that. And I get this is a – it's a completely different thing to block for a running quarterback like this. And that that leads to a lot of the, the holding penalties and stuff. But a lot of those holding penalties were – were ridiculous and so that's something just our entire o-line as a whole needs to work on that and i'm i'm really hopeful that maybe aaron banks or jalen moore could step into either those that right or left guard spot sooner rather than later probably i'd rather have one of them come in for run skill before tomlinson but both of those guard spots i think are things we can improve and alex mack played a bad game. He had a couple holding calls. I think he had a false start. Like, I'm sure there's things he's adjusting to, but Alex Mack, that's two bad games in a row for Mack. And so that's that's concerning as well. And I know we talked during the offseason how how thrilled we were to have Mack brought in, but that's something that that needs to be worked on for sure is those holding penalties. Yeah, I, I agree. That was a rough game for the O-line. Um, and I don't know I, how much I, that I, falls on Trey. Like, it could it could a lot of it could fall on Trey, but it was bad from the O line. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, I definitely think that uh, Lakin Tomlinson has had a, a good season so far. I definitely think yesterday was an off day for kind of the O line as an entirety, as you were saying. But I know I was reading it was probably a Bleacher Report article, but Lincoln uh, Tomlinson was on a, a list of most underrated players or is every team's most underrated player. And I do agree that he's probably probably one of the most underrated guys on our team. I do think he is a solid offensive lineman. Um, yeah. But he, did, he didn't necessarily show that yesterday. And I, I do agree with that play that you're talking about. Um, and I did laugh. And, you know, at first I was like, you know what? Maybe Mark Sanchez knows more about football than me. He's the one who played it. He's the analyst. Um, but now that you also said something about not agreeing with with his his take on that, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I wasn't that wrong there. So I think it's just tough, man. When we we Mitchell couldn't get a whole lot going. Run game is not there, and that is the 49ers' identity is a solid run game. And yeah. we've talked about, hey, the plug and play. Whoever's out there, they can get it done. Um, we're not seeing that. We're not seeing, Hey, whatever running back is out there, it's the same yeah. awesome run scheme and, and whoever's out there and healthy is going to fit into it. And yeah, I might have sure. to take back my, my comment a few months ago that I could run for two yards to carry behind in the 49ers rushing scheme. It seems like it might require a bit more ability than that. Dude. Could, I'm just, I just had this thought as you said that, could you imagine running for an NFL team and boom, you have Chandler Jones on your left and then JJ Watt on your right. I think the over under is like one play. Like, could I get up from being tackled by an NFL player and play again? And I don't think I could. 
No, I think I, I would mean, get I tackled no. once. I like somebody was saying like I think it was the Ringer Fantasy Football podcast was talking about Elijah Mitchell's shoulder injury, and like yeah. they were like Kyle Shanahan said it's just a stinger, and one of them was like if we had a stinger, like would we be able to walk the next day? It's like no. no, like an NFL player, like I I'm sure that like one NFL tackle, I'd be like I can't move, like I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, um, don't know where Sherfield was. He was not a, a scratch. He was active, and he did not get a single target, I believe. Um, Let's see if he played any snaps. Just I was just going nine through. Nine snaps for Sherfield. Nine snaps. All on special teams. I don't... Oh, no, wow. nine, offensive, okay. nine offensive snaps, nine special team snaps. My bad. I read the chart wrong. No, that's fair. Wow. Okay, so he was not in there much. Sermon had one carry. Um, yeah. I don't think – I think they kind of cut Mitchell short. I don't – I don't really I thought, believe that they gave him tons of reps. Do you see how many uh, attempts oh, he had? Mitchell, they gave Mitchell like 98% of the carries. He played – I thought Mitchell played played actually quite well. He had 44 snaps. That's 68% of the offensive snaps. And he ended with um, – we get sound effects today. Um, nine attempts for 43 yards. I thought Mitchell – I mean, it, it showed – how important someone with speed to get to the edge is to the 49ers rushing offense. And I thought it was nice to see, see that back out there. I thought he looked, I, I mean, it showed how much we need that guy, but we also need Jeff Wilson. Totally. But I'm just thinking like nine attempts, nine carries for your starting running back. Yeah. That, that's, that's not true. a lot at all. Um, you know, yeah, you're right. Sermon only had one carry for yeah. seven yards. We had ten. We had ten carries for our running backs. I think Trey had, what was it? We said eight, nine. Yeah, Trey could have used help from, <clears throat> from the ground game for sure. Absolutely, especially just to give him a break or something. Um, yeah, I mean, fantasy football fun. advice: pick up Jeff Wilson. It's getting to the time of year. It's getting to the time where Jeff Wilson's going to be back in a week or two, and he's going to be somebody who you're going to want on your fantasy team. So grab him now. Uh, if you've if you've got a spot, you can stash him in, grab him now before he uh, gets back out there because it seems likely he's going to lead the 49ers backfield when he's healthy, and when he's led the 49ers backfield, he's been a guy you wanted in fantasy football. This is a crazy comparison, but Derrick Henry gets like 30 attempts a game, and I know <laughs> he he is the yeah I know it's pretty crazy. Um, he is like the the majority of that offense. I say that, but then they have AJ Brown and Julio Jones. And, but I mean, we, we've seen week after week, Derrick Henry is insane. So of course they're going to feed him the ball. I'm not expecting our run game to be anything like theirs in terms of numbers, but nine carries for a starting running back. I know Elijah Mitchell is like a 10th of the guy that Derrick Henry is, but still, if we're talking about how the Niners identity is the run game and Kyle Shanahan, it has running game schemes just going through his brain, even when he sleeps, like, why aren't we using them? Like, especially for a rookie quarterback getting his first start, why don't we yeah. try to take, give, take some of the work off of him and give the ball to some guys who, you know, Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon are both rookies and both very young, but they've shown the same amount of potential, same in, in their player profile that Trey has. They've all shown, Hey, we can be out here. We can contribute. We can play. No. But I Mitchell feel like especially. Just, exactly. And they just no. put a lot on Lance when I feel like they, they could have taken a little yeah. bit off and it might have eased him in. And 
I don't know. And, I just, and that kind of, kind of leads to the part of the offense that I think is, I want I might be most frustrated with is I, I do not think Kyle Shanahan called, called a very good game today. And I think that, I think that was part of it. And I think, I think Shanahan has struggled to call. We've seen him struggle to call plays well before. And I think the, the worst one was the fourth and goal attempt. They ran like the Kyle Juszczyk QB sneak play. Now you probably remember two weeks ago, Daniel and I raved about the Shanahan. Was it two weeks ago? We raved about the Juszczyk QB sneak play. We thought that thing was awesome. We thought that was a phenomenal, phenomenal. I said that was last week. Yeah, I think it was last week. And you know what? It, it was Seahawks. It, I thought about getting against the Packers, but either way, you know what? It was a phenomenal play. Like it, it was a good play the first time they ran it. But if you watch them run this play, the Cardinals had been watching film because the linebackers saw you check in motion and immediately rushed up to fill that gap and stopped that play for a yard. That was a bad play call. And so I think, I think Shani is capable of being the best offensive play caller in the NFL. He was not today or he was not yesterday. And that's something, that's something we need to get that needs to get ironed out. And maybe, maybe he just didn't feel he had all the offensive tools to call the game he would have wanted to call. But I think there's, there's a lot of room for improvement in the play calling from yesterday. I get that. Like, I, I think as well that he might not have felt he had the weapons, but you it's hard for me to believe that. I know Kittle's out. I know most are, Wilson are out. Um, I think Jimmy's having out, Kittle would have been a would have been a big benefit to that team today or yesterday. My mind wants to agree, but I disagree because they've barely been using Kittle. He gets like four receptions a week, so I don't know why uh, he has not been in more of Shanahan's plans. Yeah. And I just I do I agree with you. I don't think it was a very well. He didn't call the game very well. Um, You've got Debo, who has been going off this season. Get that man the ball more. Sure, he had two drops, but three receptions? Let's see 10, um, or at least that amount of targets. And I know we didn't have that much offense comparatively. We're on defense a whole lot of the day. But when when you're in that situation, when guys like Kittle are out, when you've got your rookie quarterback starting his first game like Give him someone to lean on. And George Kittle would have been that perfect person in my mind, but Debo's been killing it. Yes, he, they know he's been killing it, so they're going to cover him. That's okay. You know, it, it, they're not triple teaming Debo. They're not even double teaming Debo. Still get him the ball. Same thing with Kyle Juszczyk. Like, those, those plays where he comes in and takes a snap. Like, Kyle has more creative plays. He can get tricky with it. And I just, I don't, we've seen him do it. He's not doing it right now. And I don't understand why. Um, I just think he could have leaned on juice more. We could have seen more of those plays, whether it's as screen plays, those work half the time for us. And I, I don't yeah. remember seeing many of those, um, but you're right. I, I just, I don't, I don't want to sit here and pretend that I know better than Kyle Shanahan and tell him what he should be doing. Cause yeah. I don't, but I kind of do. <laughs> I don't know better than him, but I kind of want to say, that Oh, that okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't I think don't I do. I want to say that. that I do. Yeah. That's what I mean. I, yeah, I just, I don't get, like, sure, I get that. I bet that that's the obvious. So they're, maybe he's like, oh, yeah, they're, of course, they're expecting us to give the ball to Kyle and to Debo. I'm like, I don't care if they're expecting us. Like, give it a try, do it until they shut it down. Like, that's, that's just what I feel. So let's go to the defense. That was the much better part of the game. Let's, yeah. let's talk about why we actually feel pretty, at least I think I feel pretty decent about a loss against right now. The number one team I, in the NFL, the only undefeated team. 
I think the biggest thing, and we saw this against when we played the Eagles, we said this about Jalen Hurts. We said, wow, the Niners did a good job of containing Jalen Hurts. Previously, they've been been crushed by quarterbacks that can move. And the primary quarterback that can rush that has gutted the 49ers in recent seasons has been Kyler Murray. The 49ers held Kyler Murray to one rushing yard for seven attempts. And they also had two sacks for 29 yards negative. And I'm sure that's part of the net one rushing yard. But when you can contain Kyler Murray to one rushing yard, you should probably win. They, yes, they shut him down and they took advantage of some of those scrambles. They almost had a safety and they quite frankly, maybe should have had a safety because there was a holding call called right outside the end zone and holding in the end zone as a safety. I think it, I think it wasn't, but it was, it was right on the line there. They, this D line stepped up and there weren't that many sacks. And that's really because like Nick Bosa, D four, those edge rushers, when you're playing a quarterback like Kyler Murray, you're really just trying to set the outside and keep him from escaping the pocket. And so when you yeah. see like Nick Bosa had one sack, like that's pretty good when your game plan is to contain a guy, because you're not as much trying to sack as you are really just to rush straight back and don't let him escape the pocket. So our D line played great. We contained him Amazing. really really well and the secondary i mean it's hard to stop deandre hopkins that is really what this game came down to on defense is deandre hopkins is probably the most talented receiver in the nfl and he he stepped up yesterday yeah yeah i would say him and Devontae both they go back and forth each week and and they both Devontae did a lot more damage on us um hopkins did get a touchdown it was a tough a tough play um i believe it was josh norman on him um I wasn't really impressed with Norman's coverage on him, but it's Hopkins in the end zone. And so that's tough. So Timmy, I want to give you credit for something you said, maybe even preseason or earlier in the season that someone specific on the Niners defense was going to be getting a lot more playing time when we played rushing quarterbacks. And so when we played the Eagles, when we played the Seahawks and when we played Kyler Murray, who is that guy who is out there getting a lot of snaps? Marcel Harris, Marcel Harris. And if, if you go look at how many snaps he played week one against Jared Goff and how many snaps he played week three against Aaron Rodgers comparatively to the other three games, you are a genius. And you made a fantastic observation that he is in there. So I don't necessarily remember seeing him make some of those stops yesterday. I I don't even think Kyler got far enough up the field for him to be there because the D-line did such a good job. But his snap count is absolutely what you were saying. And I couldn't agree more that the defense, especially the D-line, they did not contain Kyler. They shut him down. Yeah, that, Those numbers, really that is did. not a contain. That is absolute shutdown. He's used and to having one, if not two, rushing touchdowns a game. He didn't even have Kyler two rushing was, yards. Kyler was pretty much the unanimous MVP through four weeks of the season. And it looked like we hurt his arm. It looked like his arm was bothering him by the end, but yeah, we, we really did shut him down and granted shutting Kyler down is still him passing for like 240 yards. And I think maybe two touchdowns or one touchdown, but like, I'll take that. Like he's Kyler Murray is the most electric player in the NFL right now to to shut him down the way we did. And then to not win is really hard. Well, I would say we absolutely like Kyler's run game was literally irrelevant in yesterday's game like in terms of production shut him down more than I can even express 
I would also say we shut their their run game down. Um, yeah. Our rush defense was incredible. As I said, they shut down Kyler. Um, they stopped Edmonds and Connor massively. James Connor averaged 2.9 yards per carry and got a small touchdown. And Edmonds averaged 2.5 yards per carry. If yeah. you're a fantasy manager and your guy is averaging 2.9, 2.5 yards per game, you are dropping him immediately. Like that is nothing. They should have it at least double that almost. And sure, James Conner got a touchdown, but man, they shut the run game down so well. And again, yeah. I would say Hopkins had, how many yards did he have? Let he had 87 yards for a yeah. touchdown. Um, and so, I mean, that's still a great day, 87 yards and a touchdown, yeah. but for DeAndre Hopkins, that is containment. We'll yeah. limit you to less than hundred yards and one touchdown, especially you had to really work for that touchdown. That is containment and shutting down everyone else. Like that was fantastic. Um, I just, it, it cracks me up how I think the, uh, the Packers, I was sitting here just bashing our defense. Every single person was unimpressed with. Um, was so angry with Nick Bosa because he was up against a third or fourth string left tackle. And sure, he's being double teamed. Sure, they had help. But still, when you this was your game. This was your case for being defensive player of the year. And you got shut down. Yeah, I think and I don't know if you saw any news about this, but I'm expecting to hear something today or tomorrow. I think Bosa was not healthy. And you saw him, you saw him holding his arm kind of before the end of the first half. And he did get back out there. But for example, like on those last couple offensive drives, when like, it's like the last offensive drive where if we could have stopped the Cardinals from getting a first down, we could have gotten the ball back. Bosa wasn't out there. And the fact yeah. that he wasn't out there makes and me he think be. that, he, yeah, there's no reason for him not to be. Maybe the next, after the first down, maybe pull him out. But he was, he was holding kind of his forearm wrist, which I'm, I'm yeah. showing Daniel and I'm realizing that our listeners are listeners, but he was holding kind of his forearm wrist area. And he got back out there after that. But I mean, I don't know. Let me look at his snap count because I'm not convinced he was particularly healthy. So he was out there for, for 42 snaps, 69% of the snaps. So that's the same as Eric Armstead. That's more than D Ford. D Ford only played 11 snaps. That's concerning. But, but what we saw last week, and it, I bet you if we look at snap count for the whole season, he's not playing all that much. Like Ford, we made a comment yeah. last week. Yeah, I was blown away by how little snap percentage he count. had last week. Yeah, so there's Bolt. Um, they, the Niners defense, as in they, were incredible. And so let's just look at last week, the Cardinals played the Rams in a big divisional game. And they got 37 points on a, a pretty solid Rams defense, I would say. Yeah. Week four, 31 points on Jacksonville Jaguars. Probably could have gotten more. Yeah. Uh, 44 points on the Vikings in week two. Not yeah. an awesome defense, but 44 points. And then week one, they had 38 points against the Titans. That's where we saw right away the Cardinals offense is the real deal. Yeah. I'm sorry. They got 17 points on our defense. So pretty much every single game, other than the 31 points they had on the Jags, they had twice as many, if not more points than they did on us. Yeah. That is fantastic. Like I'm sure Niners fans who, who might be new to football, might not know that much, might not have been following very deeply into the Niners for a long time. Like yesterday might look like a tough loss since we only got one touchdown and it, they might've felt like it was a sloppy game. It was by no means a sloppy game. It was by no means um, a tough loss in my book. 
it's a tough loss because Trey's first start. We're now two and three. Like it's tough for our hearts, but in terms of their play out there, the defense, I think the defense played their best game. Um, yeah. And they've, they've had some good games. So to contain Kyler Murray like that was, was something special. And yeah. And again, to keep I'll, them to I'll, 17, I'll fight back and go, it was a shutdown. Points. Yeah. To shut them down. I mean, and I really thought like, I think I said this at the beginning of the show, if you had told me the 49ers were going to hold the Cardinals to 17 points, I would have assumed we won. Yeah. Or I'll take that bet. Yeah. Or even like, I mean, and you think how close we were, we were, we were Trey reaching with the ball away from, away from that at least being tied. And that's, and that's what's so hard. But at the same time, we're, we're early in the season. The bye week is next week. And our schedule is about to get a little easier. The Colts are going to be an easier matchup than the Cardinals. And then a lot of the teams we've played so far, so are the the Bears. And so that should be a couple of wins. And that, that I think is where maybe we shift into Daniel looking ahead to the, yeah. the next few weeks. So the 49ers have a bye next week, hopefully some time to get a few guys healthy. Um, we're still exactly. going to be at without Kittle for two more games, but maybe Jimmy's healthy. And that obviously is going to be a big, big, big thing to think about. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it in a second, but the 49ers season is is far is far from over. Even though I think it has become clearer and clearer, this is more of a maybe less of a Super Bowl run than a than a contend and rebuild kind of season. But we've got guys on one year deals, which means we need to to be competitive this year. So, Daniel, what are you thinking? What are you most concerned about? What are you most excited for going ahead in this 49ers season? In general, I think I'm I'm most concerned with our offense, um, I'm trying to think of a better way, I guess I'm, I'm most concerned with our offense not being as explosive as I would like. And what I mean by that is obviously Debo Samuel has been explosive. Um, and then some other guys have had some awesome plays, but that's it. Um, as we've talked about the run game. Um, our run game should be incredible. And I know we don't have one of the fastest guys in the league, like Raheem Mostert, but I have loved what I've seen from Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon and Jamichael Hasty, honestly, but he's on IR as a reminder. Yeah. Um, Jeff Wilson is coming back. So I think we'll see that, but yeah. I'm worried about our run game. I'm worried about the health in the run game. Um, and so I'm just worried. I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm worried about, our run game continuing to be as little of a factor in our game and in our offense as it is. Um, I'm most excited for guys to get healthy. I'm most excited for our offense to get more, more time and more reps with Trey. Um, the number one thing I'm most excited for is just our defense. Um, and as you said, Bosa might be a little bit banged up. Um, We've got Mosley back. Everyone else is, is re- the starters are relatively healthy. Um, so I think this will be an awesome break. And I think that, man, as I've talked about their press conferences, but specifically George Kittles, and those are motivational speeches for, for me every single day. Um, yeah. I love his mindset. I love the way that they, they view their, their team and that they view losses and, I just, I would love to know what Kittle had to say on this, this loss. And if he was out there, um, you know, they never, ever, ever put the blame on each other. And they're the first people to say I'm to blame. Like I bet you George Kittle would take the blame for just not being healthy and not being out there to help contribute when 
you know, there's and nothing it, he can do. About it would have been nice to have him. Like I Absolutely. just, I find it hard to believe he's dropping any tray passes, you know? Yeah. I, I am so expectant for their bye week I think, I mean, they're an NFL team. Obviously they're going to put in the work, but comparatively they're going to work twice as hard as any other team on this bye week to, yeah. to rehab, to get healthy, to focus on what's next. I think they're going to hit a massive reset button. We're two and three. We're in the toughest division of football. That's behind us. We're, we're, you know, it's not, they're still their record, obviously, but in their mental space and their brains, it is gone. They're, they're focusing ahead. They've got the Colts. They've got some easier matchups in the next few weeks. I believe Seahawks are week eight and you better believe they're going to come out firing against the Seahawks. They, they, we're so close on that last game with them. Um, and you know, George Kittle loves those um, divisional games. He won't be out there, but we know he will be, he is a motivational coach when he's on that sideline. Um, so I'm excited to see what, what they bring to the table after the bye week. I'm excited yeah. to try to keep up as much as we can with what they're working on. And I, I just know they're going to come out firing and showing that they put in a lot of work in that yeah. off week. All right. Here's the big question. Who's the quarterback in week six in week seven? Uh, assuming Jimmy's healthy, right? Yeah. Assuming Jimmy's healthy, which sounds like he might be. It sounded like there was a chance he could have gone this week. So I, I, I believe it's Jimmy. Okay. I believe it's Jimmy. I think what you, you said think it should be that, Jimmy. Uh, let me say just one thing on why I think it will be. Okay. I think, I think what you said earlier that, that Trey did really well but he didn't necessarily do enough to, to say I should absolutely be the starter moving forward. Yeah. And again, I don't think we can necessarily expect that. I think that we, we all like to, we all love the, the narrative here um, yeah. of number three overall pick coming in, taking over, you know, every other rookie quarterback is getting their, their starts. Justin Fields is now starting. Um, Lawrence Wilson and Jones were already starters to um, start the year. So I don't, I don't think it's this time quite yet. Um, you look at some of those guys and they're, they're still figuring it out. Every single one of those guys is still very much figuring it yeah. out. And, but they're getting that, that playing time. Um, but I think that Jimmy, at least in the first few weeks, and I would say against the Seahawks has given us enough reason to, to put him back out there. And so I, I feel pretty confident that he will be the, the week seven starter. Yeah. And do I want him to be? I'm going to go 90-10. Yes, I think he will be the next starter, and 10% yeah. chance he's not. And I'm going to go 65-35 that I want him to be. So I, I think he will be, but I, I, I don't necessarily know yeah. if that's what I want. Um, I, Trey can Trey can get it done. I think he just he just needs kind of that more time. And Yeah, I think it's becoming harder and harder to keep Trey on the bench, though. And I think something – like, Which is good. Yeah. And you want to talk about like winning teammates over. We talked about this. That guy, that kid showed hard out there. Like, I mean, bear crawling, pulling defenders, trying to bulldoze guys like that. That is how you win over a team is with stuff like that. And so I think that I think if Jimmy stumbles a bit more and Trey keeps showing that kind of heart, I mean, the 49ers offense is has much more potential with Trey out there, I think. And so the question is just, can Trey play well enough to get us to enough of that potential that it's more than the, the safe level Jimmy gets us to? 
I think I want him out there, and that's as much just because I'm not convinced we're contending for a Super Bowl this year, and because of that, I want to um, I want to get him ready for next year so we can contend for a Super Bowl then. And so I want him, and I think he needs to play more to get there. And I guess I'm just not sure that Jimmy gives us enough more than that, more than Trey does to give us the advantage of not of not getting him out there. Like let's get him ready for next year because I'm not sure Jimmy gives us that much more even than Trey getting ready so let's we might as well have Trey at at full capacity or we might as well have Trey now so that he can be better next year than if he than if he doesn't play so I I think I want him out there I think I agree with you that Shanahan is probably going to lean lean Jimmy but I'm I'm not convinced um like I'm, I'm not convinced that's going going to be what happens like I think Trey is making a case and maybe we maybe we trade Jimmy to a team that that needs a QB so we'll we'll keep an eye on it and it'll be it'll be fun to watch because neither because neither one of our quarterbacks either will be or are yet um I say will be for Jimmy because I think we've seen his ceiling and Trey needs more time to be a quarterback that we have all the confidence in in that yeah. we're like absolutely this is our guy like we don't care who who else is on the team like this is our guy I don't think we're there yet um no. and if you are with Trey I think you, you need a little bit more reality like sure he's going to be awesome he's just not there yet and so questioning if he should be starting from here on out is is okay I'd say it's good um you know he's got to be yeah. earning it and showing it's his as well so um I would love them to just make the decision easy for us. I think Kyle's had a really, really tough uh, choice here each week with them. Um, and I would just love to, if, if Jimmy's going to be out there, great, shine, uh, fight for the spot. Um, I would really love for him to just uh, go back to week one and two form. And I know those were against str- uh, struggle of a team, struggle of a defense. Um, but if Jimmy's out there, I would love to see him make me feel pretty confident that he's out there. And if not, Hey, let's, you know, I don't want to say yet that we're not contending for the Super Bowl or for playoffs, but, you know, being two and three in a very tough division is, is tough. Um, and that, yeah. so part of me does say, yeah, let's give Trey those reps, but I do think it is too early to say, Hey, we're going to forego. I mean, they're always going to work and, and push, but Hey, let's just, you know, this season is going to be Trey getting experience season too early for me to say that, but uh, you know, it's in the back of my mind. I'm right there with you of like, should that be the right move? Cause you know, you, that's, that's the best kind of practice there is. Um, but I don't know. It is tough. And I just, I don't want to have to beg the question of who every single week. I want one of them to make, to give us the answer. Um, yeah. Obviously that's what you want. That's not what we've seen. And I can understand why that's not what we've seen. So obviously this week, this next two weeks, um, it's exciting to watch, to see where the quarterbacks are at. Um, make sure you're watching if, if Jimmy's healthy, um, see some reports and tweets on who it's going to be and let's get the rest of the guys healthy. Um, and yeah. you better be watching week seven. Um, it is going to be a game. I just, I know it is after their bye week, they usually come out firing. Yeah. I think, I think this should hopefully be a good chance for the 49ers to get on the same page work out the kinks and hopefully come out hot week seven um listeners even though the 49ers are off next week we are not we will be here um excited to maybe break down some of the things that have happened and look ahead and talk a bit more big picture as opposed to just breaking down a game uh thank you as always for tuning in we uh we would not be here without you guys and so uh thank you 
for tuning in and supporting us. Yeah, really. It'd be a bummer if uh, we just did a podcast and no one would listen to it. So we yeah. appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Have a good, have a good week out there. Listeners. Cheers. Now.